Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. You know, growing up in the ghetto in the 70s and the 80s, it was, it was kind of hard to get access to musical instruments, especially for poor black and Latino kids during that time. But that didn't stop them from entertaining each other around the neighborhoods as the turntables and the sampler was introduced, which later created hip hop. Another form of instruments during that time was called beatboxing. Now, the definition of beatboxing in the dictionary is a musical style or technique, especially in hip hop, in which the sounds and rhythms of percussion instruments or a drum machine are simulated by using the mouth and voice. That's one definition if you Google it, but there's a lot of other meanings too. I mean, People, people will even say that jazz artist Bobby McFerrin, y'all probably know from the song Don't Worry Be Happy, his style was considered beatboxing and vocal percussion because he didn't use instruments either. But, you know, when it comes to the art of beatboxing, you have to crown Dougie Fresh as the originator. You just can't argue with that. He first did it in the movie B Street and... Songs like The Show, Lottie Dottie, and Freaks with Little Vicious, straight classics. You got Biz Markie, he, he did the classic song with Roxanne Shante called Death Fresh Crew, live on stage, and it was freestyling. And Biz Markie, what? Make the music with your mouth, Biz? Come on, man. That's my junk. Rozell with The Roots, he was nice with it. I remember I recorded uh, when he was at the Apollo on that episode, man. He rocked the stage, had everybody jumping out their seats. Rozelle from The Roots, he was a beast with it too. And and don't forget Reddy Roxy, who was with DJ Jazzy Jeff and The Fresh Prince also. And another person, Queen Latifah, which most people didn't know. She first started off beatboxing for the all-female hip-hop group called Ladies Fresh. Comedians Jay Lamont and Willie Robo, they nice with it too when it comes to beatboxing and making sounds. But there was one guy who took it to another level and made it mainstream. And his name was Darren Buffy Robinson from the legendary hip-hop group called the Fat Boys. Now let's get into his story, right? Now, Darren Buff Robinson was born June 10th, 1967 in Manning, South Carolina, but raised in Brooklyn, New York. Now, 
growing up in Brooklyn, New York, he ended up meeting Prince Marky D and Cool Rock Ski, who lived on the same block. And they used to always play football together. Prince Marky D and Cool Rock Ski actually met when they were seven years old. And then they met Buff at the age of 13. Now, see, Buff was the wild and fun one out of the group, always joking and doing something crazy to make people laugh. And all of them, they wanted to go to the NFL to play football. But when they realized that they weren't going to make it, they started focusing on hip hop. And the thing is, they were right there at the beginning of hip hop when it was just coming on the scene. And they used to be around the block parties, seeing DJs playing music and rappers spitting rhymes on the corners. That's when they also discovered Buff beatboxing for the first time, which blew their minds. Now, see, seeing that, they would go to Buff's house because Buff had DJ equipment and he would be scratching and mixing records while Prince Marky D and Cool Rock Ski would rap. As they got better, people from the neighborhood started taking notice of their skills and their names started buzzing around. They started winning talent shows and throwing parties in Prince Marky D's basement. And, and that's when they formed a group called the Hypnotized Five at first because they had two other members. But when the other two members wouldn't show up for practice, they decided to call themselves the Disco Three. Now, after hearing about a rap competition called the Ten Pan Apple After Dark Dance and Rap Contest, which was located at the club Disco Fever in the Bronx, they decided to go with no intentions on performing at first, but then at the last minute, they decided to enter. Now, with no music, they started freestyling and Buff started beatboxing with that heavy bass on that microphone. Everybody was shocked. They had the crowd going crazy. I heard that whole performance they did later on ended up becoming the song Stick'em. And for people that was there that night, they witnessed history in the making and, and Buff stole the show. Nobody had ever witnessed anything like that before even though Dougie Fresh was doing his thing with his style of beatboxing which makes him the originator of beatboxing I give him that but he couldn't bring that bass like Buff did though Mr. Magic, Curtis Blow Russell Simmons, Sylvia Robinson everybody was there and they ended up winning first place which was a record deal but they really wanted to win second place for the DJ equipment now now with a record deal they released their first single called Reality, in which they based off the song um, The Message from Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five because that was, the, that was the popular style of rap during that time, them kind of songs. But the song Reality didn't make any noise, and that's when their managers, Charles Settler and Linda West, asked Curtis Blow to help produce a hit for them. Because you see, around that time, Curtis Blow was dominating with the songs The Breaks, Christmas Rapping, Basketball, and other hits, and he was calling himself the king of rap around that time. Now, their managers also decided to change their name to the Fat Boys because every time a promoter called to book them, they would always ask for them Fat Boys, and plus they kept running up bills on food. And on May 29th, 1984, they released their self-titled album, which became Certified Gold with the hits Fat Boys, Jailhouse Rap, Can You Feel It? And I love the song. 
don't you dog me. That's my junk. <laughs> don't you dog me. But when they did the video for the song, Stick em, man, that was a lot of people's favorite song right there. Stick em. Plus, Stick em became the first acapella hip-hop song which made Buff a superstar and also made him a sex symbol. They say, uh, the women love some Buff. Now stars, everybody wanted to work with them. I mean, they got an endorsement deal with Pepsi. They did the Fresh Fest tour with Run DMC, Houdini, um, Nucleus was there. I know y'all remember Nucleus. They had the song Jam on it. Curtis Blow, and all of that was put together by Russell Simmons. The crazy part is, Russell Simmons didn't want them part of the tour at first because he felt they weren't on the same level as Run DMC, Curtis Blow, and Houdini. Man, but the Fat Boys was hot during that time. They was the second rap act to get on MTV after Run DMC, who had the song Rockbox, and he was doing commercials. I remember Fat Boys had the commercial for Swatch Watches, if y'all remember those. And on June 1st, 1985, they released their second album titled The Fat Boys Are Back with the singles The Fat Boys Are Back and Pump It Up, which pushed the album to certified gold. I mean, people people love the Fat Boys and just couldn't get enough of them. And that's when a writer from the movie Crush Groove decided to add them in the movie, even though the movie was based on Russell Simmons and Run DMC. Now, see, with adding the Fat Boys in the movie, they brought out the funny comedy side in Crush Groove, especially with the song All You Can Eat. And uh, man, shout outs to Sheila E too, man. I love some Sheila E. Blair Underwood, he did a good job in that movie too. It just takes me back to the song Tender Love by Foursome D's. I love that song, Tender Love. I gotta get to that Foursome D's story too. But anyway, now, after that, they released their third album titled Big and Beautiful, which it did pretty good on the charts, but during that time, they were changing record labels, so it wasn't that much promotion for that album. Now, also by them still in the show in the movie Crush Groove, Warner Brothers offered them a three-picture movie deal. And that's when they put out the movie called Disorderlies, which made them the first hip-hop act to star in their own movie. And, and to me, Disorderlies, man, that's a straight classic. I can watch that movie over and over again. It was a funny movie, man. But it just didn't, it didn't do good in the box office. That's why the other movies they had didn't come out. And Warner Brothers just decided to split ways. And, and plus, they was beefing with their management at that time. But at the same time that the movie Disorderlies came out, they released their fourth album titled Crushing with the single Wipeout, which hit number two on the UK Top 100 number 12 on the Billboard chart, and number 10 on the R&B chart, giving them their first platinum album. But the thing is, with that song, a lot of people just felt they were becoming sellouts with that Beach Boys, that Beach Boys sample. And, and I remember they had other songs like that too, like The Twist. They, they had sample what Chubby Checker. They had the song Louie Louie. That was off their... Um, their album called Coming Back Hard Again. They also had a song with Freddy Krueger called Are You Ready for Freddy for the movie Nightmare on M Street. That was part four, The Dream Master. But see, during that time, gangster rap and, and other rappers with hardcore lyrics 
was starting to come in hip hop, all that dancing and, and fun lyrics and stuff was starting to fade away. And that's when them and their managers started fighting a lot over money and about the direction they wanted the group to go with their image because their name was the Fat Boys. So they wanted them to eat more to keep the weight on them. But their managers said they tried to bring them healthy foods like salads and stuff, but they didn't want it. Now, the crazy part is, I didn't know this either, but their manager convinced Buff and Cool Rock Ski to vote Prince Marky D out of the group because he was too outspoken and he wanted the group to stop making all that pop music stuff. In an interview, Prince Marky D said when he left the group, he ended up dead broke and Buff came through with buckets of KFC chicken and gave him $30,000 in cash to hold him down. Later down the line, they asked Prince Marky D to come back, but he didn't want to deal with the management. So that's when the group ended up breaking up and taking a break from each other. But they still was cool and they still talked to each other all the time. Prince Marky D started working with other artists like Father MC, Mariah Carey, Mary J. Blige. He produced the song uh, Real Love. And he had his own number one hit off his um, album called Typical Reasons. Swing My Way in 1993. I used to pump that song called Trippin' Out, Prince Marky D had. That was my junk right there. But anyway, now, as for um, Cool Rock, Ski, and Buff, they became a group. And they did drop an album called Mac Daddy, but it didn't make any noise, though. Now, also around that time, Buff was charged with sexually abusing a minor, corrupting the morals of a minor and conspiracy. Even though those girls lied about their age, he was fined $10,000 and got two years probation for filming the video. He was holding the camera. Now, after that, Buff, he fell back from the limelight and he just started recording music at his house. He also had a son with rapper Queen Penn at the time and, and he focused more on taking care of his family. Plus, the Fat Boys, I mean, they were getting ready to do a reunion album. And everybody wanted to be part of it from Puff Daddy to uh, Dr. Dre, because at the time, Prince Marky D was a powerhouse in the industry. And that's when Buff was trying to slim down on his weight because Cool Rock Ski really got his weight down and, and took it real serious. But see, by Buff standing in the house, he began to eat more and he really wasn't moving around like he used to when he was performing, which led to him gaining a lot of weight. They say he got up to like 760 pounds. And on December 10th, 1995, Buff died after suffering a heart attack in his home. Now, the story goes, he had been battling the flu and he was practicing one of his songs. And at the end of the session, he got off the couch and was climbing on a chair when he fell and lost his wind. His brother, Kurt Robinson, tried to give him mouth to mouth, but he just didn't make it. Man, that's sad, man. I mean, that's crazy. Y'all make sure y'all go and download some of those old Fat Boys albums and songs, man. I just finished watching Crush Groove the other day. Still a classic. And support the remaining members, Prince Marky D and Cool Rock Ski. I think they, uh, I think they both got podcast shows now. Y'all make sure y'all check them out.
Buff was 28 years old. R.I.P. The legend, Darren Buffy Robinson. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.